Hello, Carm here, and nice to have your presence on this 124th episode of the Town Hall Academy Summit as we explore the value of an accountability coach. I was just having to make payroll every week years ago. We, we made payroll. We got it. So I had to take all of my authority issues and my not liking anyone to tell me what to do, and I had to put that on the shelf and say, all right, doing this correctly is more important than being proud. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey, Carm Capriato here, and welcome to our weekly roundtable with aftermarket professionals as we bring a new and different topic to the forefront each week and thanking Jasper Engines and Transmissions for their support of the Academy. Now, here's another reason to choose Jasper. It's their commitment to continuous improvement. Now, their investment in research and development, product updates, and remanufacturing processes means Jasper provides the perfect product. Go to jasperengines.com for more information. Hey, remember why you're engaged with the Aftermarket's premier podcast? You know, with all the noise in your life, Remarkable Results grounds you in the context of the aftermarket. Now, we're creating an important dialogue to help you tackle our industry's challenges head on. We are truly a powerful resource of information, insights, best practices, and trends that you need to have in your trough of knowledge. Please share this with a colleague. Hey, don't forget the key talking points are on this episode's show page at remarkableresults.biz slash A124. Now, me, Carlos Abuco from Sills Complete Auto Care Center, Oakville, Ontario. Kevin Eckler from Foreign Car Specialists, Poughkeepsie, New York. And Barry Barrett, a professional EOS implementer. Hey, these guys brought their A-game and really were extremely transparent about their own personal story. This panel's message resonated and was on point about coaching and accountability. There's a lot of talk in the industry as to the value of an accountability partner or coach. It's a personal decision. It's not for everyone, but this summit will help you resolve some of your very own concerns and maybe even help you make a decision. like to introduce my panel. Oh my, what a great panel I have here. Carlo Sabuco, Seals Complete Auto Care Center in Oakville, Ontario. Hello, Carlo. Hi, everyone. Hi, Carm. Glad to have you here, man. Kevin Eckler from Foreign Car Specialists, Poughkeepsie, New York. Good afternoon, and thank you. Hey, Kev, glad to have you here. Barry Barrett, professional EOS implementer and my friend. You're all my friends. You're all my friends. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I, I, appreciative friends that uh, continue to share your great wisdom here on, on the podcast. So glad to have you here as we talk about needing an accountability coach. Uh, I look at two words, coach and the word accountability in there. It seems to be to me that there's, I don't need a coach or I need and love and want and value a coach. It, it just seems like uh, there's two sides to the story out there. It's great to see people be open-minded as it as it as we respect the fact that people are successful without a coach and some are some are successful with a coach. So Kevin, uh, I've always known you to be a person who has an authority problem. I've gotten to know you right away and no one Absolutely. can yeah, no one can tell you what to do. So how the heck is it? that you hired yourself a coach. People often refer to you have to hit bottom, hit a breaking point, um, hit a particular point in life where you've tried all of your options and they just don't work anymore before you finally have to admit to yourself, hey, I don't know it all. I can't figure this out. I can't make this work as well as it should. And I know that it should be working that way. There's got to be somebody that can help me or do something better. Uh, so it was hitting the point in my life where I'd, I'd run the shop for 21 years and not been successful and not been profitable, not to the degree that I should be. And as much as I hate taking advice from people and I hate, you know, like I said, I have authority issues. Uh, when I have a glitch in a system, I sometimes get frustrated that it doesn't work in the manner in the way that it should or that I think it should. Um, but as far as the business goes, I realized that I couldn't do it as well as it needed to be done. So I needed to find somebody that could help and guide me, but not just anybody that can help and guide me, somebody that can earn my respect, somebody that I felt understood me. Uh, 
because I'm not listening to somebody who, whose opinion I don't value. If you haven't earned that right, uh, I don't see the need for your input. Guys, uh, what I really want to drive at with this uh, with this academy lesson here is the accountability piece. Uh, and I've always said this over and over again. You put your head on the pillow at night. And if you did or didn't do something good, bad, right on your goal sheets uh, to move the company or your life forward, there's only one person in the morning you have to look at, and that's the person in the mirror. Yeah. And so many service professionals have come on the show and said, in order for me to move my business forward because I didn't know what I didn't know, I needed this kind of discipline, if you will, the puppeteer. And uh-huh. and but But the big thing that I hear... Guys, uh, and, and who was it? Which one of you guys said it's like a gym membership? Uh, was it you, Kevin? Kevin, yeah, he yeah. says, listen, you're going to get a gym membership and be really proud of the fact, and, and I've been hearing this over and over again. Yeah, I have a co- I talk to coaches all the time, and they and I say, you have, you have your good clients and you have your not-so-good clients, and tell me about those not-so-good clients, and what I hear is they just don't seem to want to get done. Well, why don't you let them go? They won't let me go. It's almost like I'm a trophy. So why would you pay for a coach and not listen to that coach? Carlo, do you, do you have any idea about that? Barry, you too. Yeah. I'll tell you, as a coach, I don't coach people that are like that. I refuse to. And I was like, you can't let me go. You have to let me go. I won't let you pay me anymore. Have a good day. Now you can continue dropping money in my account, but I won't show up. So, you know, either Kevin, Carlo, you want to drop money in my account. You don't want to change. Don't worry about it. But I'm not going to, I've just decided I'm not going to work with people who won't. Like you have to have a certain mindset. And I love what Seth Godin said. He says, people like us do things like this. I only work with people who do things like this. People like us. That's it. If you refuse to change or you think you know, none of us are as smart as all of us. And I, I was really lucky enough at a young age to start accepting coaching from people like Kevin says, I respect. Jim Rohn said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I often ask people, who are your five closest friends? Think of them. Do, would you trade places with them? The answer is no. Guess what? You're like them. So you might as well start firing them too. And so you only seek to understand and seek to get people in your inner circle or any circle in your, your 12 people who are like you. Everything else works out. The, the pursuit for more, more, more will get you less, less, less. So, Carlo, a great family business, a legacy family business. You were born in it, I bet. Pretty much. So here's the deal. Oh, my God. You must be as smart as your dad. You went through all those hard knocks like dad, and you have that assumed knowledge that you're a superstar, smart business person. And when did you realize that there was a problem there? Probably in the last couple of years, I noticed where we had issues. And when we talk about coaching, you know, when I made my notes, until I started getting involved with a C-suite, like a CEO executive coach, something outside the automotive industry, did the light get turned on? I've been through coaching since I was 16 years old. And exactly what we had just commented about, you have a coach and the coach says, you need to get through and do this and it doesn't get done. So you just do the same pattern over and over again. And I see it a lot of times with shops. Until I got a C-suite coach, I didn't realize that not all coaching is the same. Not all accountability is then the same. When we use the definition of a technician, it could be a guy with a toolbox or it could be a 20-year veteran, but we call him a technician. Coaching is, in my mind, in my experience now, has been painted the same way. Not all coaches are the same, which means the level of accountability is different in those particular cases. Barry made a very great comment when we were just getting on the thing. I don't coach owners, I coach leaders. Well, again, what type of coach is an owner looking for? And that was me a couple of years ago. I was no longer looking for the automotive coach in my industry. I still have one. But I needed someone outside our industry who could work on leadership skills, who could work on me, because I was the problem. I, I, I've got great intellect in the business. I know the numbers. I know the business. I, I know those items. And I know how to get around them. But I had problems with me and my leadership and how I was aware of my own personal self, how I was uh, not aware of my people around me. I, I was oblivious to some of their comments 
because um, I didn't understand it until I got a C-suite coach and he made me accountable to that. That's where I realized there's a difference in coaching and also what level of accountability are we looking for in that defined coach? You know, in order to get the message straight to the industry that that I, I broadcast to, Kevin, uh, is it is it all about making sure you put your ego on the shelf or, you know, find some humility and say, listen, I, I need some help because the stuff on the negative side of coaching and the fact that they can't teach me anything and why would I want to spend this money goes to the fact that uh, even, you know, I have a coach in my business. So why wouldn't, you know, I, I don't see why there's not value in why the industry doesn't see value in the I don't know what I don't know rule. From my experience and my side of it, uh, having gone from a tech to an owner, uh, my opinion is techs are really proud. We take on really difficult challenges. We take on things that people can't fix. We all like to be the hero. We like to solve the very difficult things, and there's an awful lot of pride involved in that. And there's a lot of satisfaction in taking on those things, and sometimes we're almost a little too prideful. And if I can fix a really difficult CAN network issue or running issue or solve an oddball problem... Why can't I run a business? It's got to be easy. How hard can it really be? So I think we value ourselves too highly in all areas because we're really, really good in a particular skill set. So we almost devalue how important other things are uh, to the point where we have to fail at it, or at least I did. I had to fail at it before I realized that I'm just not good. So, Kevin, you failed at it for an awfully long time before you, um, before you flipped that switch. Yeah, I'm ridiculously stubborn. And I tried lots of different avenues and lots of different things. And one of my problems was early on, I had a really bad coaching experience. I tried a company that I felt just was trying to surgically extract my wallet rather than have the best interest of my business in mind. And I thought, well, I tried that one. That doesn't work. And off I went. And so I didn't research the, all of the aspects of coaching and all the different personalities and all the different types, it's like going to a buffet, sampling one thing off the buffet and go, well, this is no good. I don't want to have anything to do with this. I'm going to go to a different restaurant, try a different avenue. Maybe I feel like something else. I took a sample of that, a small portion, and I judged the entire thing by that. And I was too prideful and stubborn to look other areas for a long, long time. Hmm. So the things that make you good as a tech make you really crummy as an owner. So I was thinking about a while ago, <clears throat> there's a difference, you know, people say business owner, but there's a, there's another ner- you know, name for it. And, and so are you an entrepreneur, which is someone who creates something that makes you money while you sleep and you have employees and people that do other things for you? Or are you going to be a, you know, basically a, 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 a standalone person who does it all. So you're right. Like you can be a technician and run a business. If your business model is you're the, you're the main dude you're selling and you're doing, that's a, that's, that is a good way to, to be successful. There's many people who are successful that way. But when Carlo, you said I work with leaders, I actually work with leadership teams. So I won't, work with a single business owner who's the head and then has employees. I tell people you have to have at least three leaders, including you. You have two more and you. I'm okay with that. So I work with leadership teams and teach them how to hold the owner accountable. Most of the time, about 50% of the time, when I'm get when I get about three months in, the owner is no longer even in charge of his company or her company. They, they don't have that role anymore because one of the things that drives me crazy is I hear coaches saying, work on your business, not in it. And then I'm like, well, what do you do then? If you, if you think you're working on your business and they say, well, you know, I do marketing and payroll. And I'm like, you're still working in your business. I don't, I hate to break it to you. Mm-hmm. Like your job is to delegate all that and then creatively grow your business by ideas. You know, we get paid on ideas more than anything. And so if you're not the idea person driving that ship, you're still working in your business. Yeah. And part of that, Barry, is you know, in, in the tonality that you're, you, know, you, you go through that system um, or that process with an owner um, and that leadership team. When, I, when we talk about accountability, you are accountable to those leadership teams to find out just like in Kevin's case, if they're stubborn and don't want to go over it, I would see as a, as a 
coach, um, that you're the accountable person to say, okay, he's stubborn. We can't get around it. We need to figure out how to address that. Not just the, Hey, we need to get you to that point down the road, but we have a problem right now. We need to work work on that. And I, when we talk about accountability, that comes back to high quality coaching, high quality yeah. education, yeah. not just, not just any coach. And that we, the subject of accountability is, yeah, I would look to Barry saying, okay, if I'm, a stubborn person or I have a micromanaging, that's where the accountability comes into is you got to get around that, not so, just keep on focusing on the end. Yeah. In Kevin's case, like he said, he's stubborn and, and we all are to a point, right? Mm-hmm. So Kevin's a high D, like I use the disc assessment on a lot of people. Like I, I know a thousand percent Kevin's a D. And so I am too. And so if you, if you're a D and you don't have an, a D coach, you're, you're screwed. Cause you're going to steamroll that person. You know, me and Kevin are going to come to a head and then I would just simply ask him a question and I'd say, well, Kevin, I, mean, I understand that, but let me ask you a question. Uh, could you be wrong? And if he says no, there's no battle to fight there. Like, it's just, you're not open to figuring this out. And if, and the other thing is if you could convince yourself, Kevin, that there's a better way, would you be open to it? Yeah. I didn't say if I could convince you, because I'll never convince you of anything. If you can convince yourself, then we're on to something. If you can't, what? I don't have a shot. Yeah, I think you have to come to a point where you admit to yourself that those <laughs> those faults, that stubbornness. I, I had to, to come to that breaking point and realize that my stubbornness, my thinking, I knew all of those things I need to put to the side, uh, which is where the respect issue comes in. Because... Whoever is telling me that I need to change things as difficult as it is for me to change, mm-hmm. I have to really, that person has to know me, not just in a business sense and know where I'm looking to go business-wise, but they have to understand me as a person. Because if they don't understand yeah. my personality, like you said, it, it, you have to know how to relate to the personality. It, they've got to understand the dreams and the visions and the personal struggles as well as the business struggles. And if you understand that, I'd be foolish not to take your advice because then I know that your advice is just strictly for my best interest. But you also know that I'm highly distracted and I take on too many different things. I have too many different agendas and we need to streamline and pick individual goals they can achieve and, and build on those. So, so you would know that you'd have to hold me to those individual points and then we can successfully move forward in a pattern. But if you didn't know that of me, your advice may be in a completely different direction yeah. and then it wouldn't be successful because your tailored program might work great for somebody else, but just doesn't match who I am. Right. Uh, so you having great insight is, is incredibly important. Um, yeah. Wise assessments. I love it. Yeah. Humility is, is a really important. We, we have a core value. It's humble confidence, which means, you know, I, I, I show up, I don't know everything, but I've done my homework and that's a core value. I think that people start talking about core values and that's guide your accountability. You know, one of the, one of the other core values is in, in our company is radical transparency. You, you should be able to come to me, Carlo, and say, Barry, you're being a jerk. And me look at you and say, well, tell me all the reasons you think I'm being a jerk. Mm-hmm. And then the leadership team, the reason it's so good to have a leadership team of open, honest communication is because somebody can second that opinion and be like, yeah, you're being a jerk and here's why. And I have to look at myself and, well, I'm being a jerk. So what, what I need to do to change that? Uh-huh. And, you know, I love Ray Dalio. I don't know if you ever heard, uh, read the book Principles. It's right behind me. But he's, he, I, I, and I stole this from him. I said, he, he said, I went from, I know that I'm right to how do I know that I'm right? And I'm like, man, that's such a great analogy of of humility and like, how do we know we're right? A vehicle is more than just transportation. It's what we depend on to move our most precious cargo, our families. As a service professional, you provide routine maintenance for your customer's vehicle. But what do you do if the engine, transmission, or differential fails? Contact Jasper, of course. Jasper provides your customers with a cost-effective alternative to purchasing a different vehicle. Quality, remanufactured products from Jasper Engines and Transmissions carry a nationwide warranty with up to three years, 100,000 miles parts and labor coverage. Get your customers back on the road fast as Jasper offers immediate availability through two distribution centers and a network of 45 branch locations nationwide. If a new vehicle is not in your customer's budget, 
And the engine or transmission in their car, truck, van, or SUV has given its last performance. A remanufactured drivetrain component from Jasper Engines and Transmissions will provide them with many years of trouble-free driving at a cost many times less than that of a new vehicle. For customer satisfaction, choose Jasper. I think I picked a great panel. This is just going so well. How do you hire um, how do you find an accountability coach? I mean, you just don't pick up the newspaper or hear from your buddy and say, hey, would you like to be my coach? There's got to be a little bit of a process that Carlo and uh, Kevin that you've been through and Barry, of course, from the receiving end in the past. Um, I'd love you guys to chime in on that. I know for myself over all the years, typically you know, how to find the coach was based upon the need. In the earlier years, it would be a lot of the intellectual issues in the business. So the numbers and financials and, and just the operations of the business I was looking for a coach for. Um, and I would go you know, and get referrals from other people within the industry and see what was no, but other people said had good success. And as I've grown in the business, um, when I was looking for a C-suite coach, it was based upon profiling. So the I, I would match my profile, sort of like what Barry said. It, it was, this is who I am uh, on an intellectual level and on an emotional level. And this is who my coach, Roger, is on an intellectual, emotional level. And are we compatible? That's how we find each other at this stage. It wasn't a matter of a sort of a business card. It was um, it was a more of a um, are you the right inner person to solve my problems right now? But each individual out there listening, you have to take a look and see what issue do you have in your life business right now. Maybe you need a coach who knows a lot about the numbers and the processes of a business. Maybe you need a coach that will help you with your own emotional. Um, issues and stuff right. like that. So it all depends on where you are at. That's what you need. Kevin, when you hired your coach, mm-hmm. did did your coach have to had worked and you know borne the same cloth that you did, have, having had been in the same business, if for you to respect the, the the advice? For me personally, absolutely. I need to, as I've said, with the respect thing, Mike. My coach has been in the industry. My coach has been through similar family struggles. And there are a great many things in his life, both personal, both, sorry, English isn't always my best. Sorry, the voices in my head sometimes overpower. Um, <laughs> well, wait a minute. The, the, the problem with Kevin is he just came back from, what, a week-long cruise. So you're still on, what, Europe time? <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. That was a great time. Good for um, you. And I never would have been able to do that if I didn't have a coach. Good for um, you. Because we've been able to align things in business so much so to a point where it's successful. Um, And I'll transition a little bit there. Uh, We were in Europe for, we were gone for 12 days with a great supplier. Fantastic, fantastic time. I contacted the shop twice. And it was both times to say, you guys are incredible. Thank you so much for being a wonderful team and taking care of this so that my family and I could really enjoy this time. It wasn't four or five times a day. What's going on? I hear there's an issue. I got an email. I got a text. Holy crap, did you do this? Um, through coaching, we've been able to develop a culture where I look at this and we go away on vacation. It's like I throw the gauntlet down and my team goes, oh, you're going away? Watch this. And I come back and I'm like, holy cow, how did you guys get all this stuff done? Uh, they have such, my coaches brought out in me realizations to look at my people and respect what they say and honor their opinions and honor their positions and give them the tools that they need to be successful as I need the tools that I need to be successful. So my vetting process for the coach was the coach needs to have been in my trade and industry. They need to understand who I am and what I do because they've been in the same way. They've been in those same positions. My coach needs to have coach people successfully, not just like, hey, I'm a coach, but look at these are the results I've been able to attain out of people before. Uh, The the team that I've been able to assemble here at the shop and the culture that we have grown is, I can't say, hey, it's all my personality. Look, I did this. Uh, I tend to be a happy, uplifting kind of positive person that chases squirrels and shiny things all over the place. Uh, I run more on feelings than numbers, which has been a downside of mine because I enjoy the feel good of fixing things. Uh, But in understanding the numbers and the financials and the interactions and the cultures that have really been brought on by my coach, uh, we've been able to become a pretty successful business where 
we can each, you know, we can all take time off. We can do different things. We've learned to depend and cover on each other. It's not like it all focuses on me. And if I'm not here, the whole thing collapses. Uh, it's become a really strong team culture. You know, I've interviewed uh, over 500 episodes and, and, and some really great shop operators through the last four years. And one of the common denominators of the success strategy for many of them has been that they hired a coach. Yeah. And guys, I, I guess you got to understand that the rest of the industry has to understand that it's not a sign of weakness to have yeah. an accountability partner, business coach, consultant. And, and I think that that may be the problem that's stopping some of the people in the industry from making that move by saying, yeah, I finally had to hire a coach to get my act together. Well, I would almost rather say I hired a coach to get my act together. I get to. Mm-hmm. Not I have to, I get to. I get to. Yeah. A lot of times it's like, you know, Rob Rosa was on one of these episodes and he talked about addictions. And uh, in the beginning of his book, he talks about, are you ready? Have you had enough? And then as an owner in a business, you get to that point. You see it in social media. You see it all the time. I'm struggling my business, but it's the same thing. Are you ready? And have you had enough? Are you tired of the numbers being the way they are? Are you tired about your people quitting because of you, not because of the business? So you have to reach that point. And then you start looking for people around you, whether it's a 20 group, whether it's a coach, but you, you yourself have to be at that point. Not just because the next door neighbor shop got a coach. I guess I should get a coach. You, you got you to gotta almost take Rob's words and, uh, and put them uh, in, in our business. Yeah. All that information was there and coaches were all available through all the years that I was failing. But it just took, as Cecil says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. You won't see it until you're ready to look for it and accept it. Uh, so until you have that mindset of, okay, I need help, you'll never seek it. Cecil spun that. That's supposed to be when the teacher's ready, the student will appear. But I like how he did it. Well, that's how I say it. Maybe I've misquoted, but for no, me, okay. I would have to be ready before. Yeah. I think it's both ways. I think it's I love the student uh, angle, Barry. I, I love the, the student. You know, I'm a quote guy, though. Ed. I gotta, I gotta, I can't let a quote. I know from my practical application, until I was ready, you could stand yes. there and tell me everything in the world. That teacher's wasting their yes. time. You're, you're right. That's why I told you people like us do things like this. Like, I just won't deal with it. Like, I've had so many headaches. I used to be in a different role where I would teach people who someone paid to, to send to me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I had to drop my D. And it was very hard. I'm a 99D. And so and I, would, I would deal with them. I'm like, okay, and try to inspire. And then I'm like, and then I would call the, end up calling the, the business owner back and saying, hey, you need to fire this guy or fire me. Which one do you want to do? Because he needs to go. And he's just not for me. And they, and they never, they, I've never had anybody do it at that moment, but they stopped taking my coaching because I, I don't allow it. And then six months later, they said, Hey, we fired the guy. Um, I got a new guy. Would you like to coach? And I said, Yeah, let's talk to him first because I want to know if he's open to learning. Barry's 100% right in that. There's a lot of times where, uh, you know, you get a coach and they push to make change, to hold you accountable, put your feet to the fire, and the owner or the leadership team doesn't. It's, I only speak for myself. That's when the coach needs to say, you know what? We need to call it a day. Because if you don't want to make change, it starts with you. So, and I, I, I admire Barry for making those comments as a, as a leadership trainer and a leadership coach, because that takes a lot of nerve to sort of walk away from a client who puts food on their table. But that's really the necessity of accountability is a coach has to sort of say, you know, if you do, they don't want to stop micromanaging. We've been working on this for like six months and you're not changing. Then I guess something's wrong with you or me. Yeah. It's either... It's either one, either I, I let either, and this is what I talk to, you know, business owners. I say either hired the wrong person, or you created the wrong person. That's, that's your two options. You have no other options. And so I either brought on, and, and my, my guarantee, as a matter of fact, is if I show up, because if I show up and you, you, you don't pay me until I, am I, that I'm done, I won't, I don't want your money until I'm done. And my guarantee is if I show up and, it, and you don't get the value, you don't hand me a check, I go home 
No, don't worry about expenses if the flights and all that. I'll take care of that because if I show up and we weren't a good fit, I didn't do my due diligence of doing a needs and analysis sales 101 and finding out if we were the right fit when I showed up. That's my responsibility. That's my accountability and my promise to you. So you don't have anything to worry about. You know, that's some great advice for the industry right there. Uh, Let's just not get a coach for the sake of having a coach. And, you know, again, the trophy thing. Let's do some very heavy due diligence. And I guess for anyone who doesn't have a coach who's looking for one, uh, make sure that they do some due diligence on you. I mean, it's what I continue to hear is it's got to be a fit. And if it's not a fit, it's not going to work. That's right. Thanks so much to Carlo Sabuco from Sills Complete Auto Care in Oakville, Ontario. His Toronto Raptors uh, yesterday just won the, their first NBA title. Kevin Eckler's with us, foreign car specialist, Poughkeepsie, New York, who is um, working on European time. And Barry Barrett, professional EOS implementer. I couldn't help but listen to you guys. And Carlo, you... Um, you, I, I do know a little bit about your business. We've done a couple of podcasts together, and I remember it was a while back you said to me, I finally had to start firing some of these people. That was a direct um, reflection of uh, the, the coaching, the accountability yeah. that, that you were Absolutely. getting. Sure, share that with us. It, it, inevitably, it's, uh, we've, we've, we've run a good business and the numbers, and I, I do have a, a coach who helps me stay on top of my company vision, my company plan. Um, but until I got um, Roger, who sat down and said, Carlo, one of your biggest habits, bad habits is, is micromanaging. And he says, it's causing you stress. It causes you family problems. You're not leaving work. You need to sort of control everything in your company. And he said, so why are you like that? Well, I don't trust people. So why don't you trust people? Uh, nice thing about certain types of coaches is they ask a lot of questions, sort of like a peer of mine. Don't give me a lot of answers. Uh, the, uh, again, difference between coaching and consulting. Consultants give you the answer. Coaches pull the answer from you, which is extremely difficult. That's part of the accountability side. But he pulled out that my micromanaging comes down to, I just really don't want to have to change people. It's too scary. It's hard to find, including technicians. But it caused us to um, move out three people within one Friday. Uh, We just pulled the trigger. And we put three new people in based upon profiling them. And um, immediately... Within within weeks, um, the entire mindset in the back shop changed. The entire mindset in the front office changed. I've been uh, off the counter, um, working on the business. I still, you know, not in the trenches. But since um, February, through the busiest tire season, I didn't need to go to the counter. Um, nowhere near what I used to when I micromanaged, and I still have a micromanaging problem. But changing people, but I would never have changed them if I didn't get that experience, that skill pulled out of me and you know, being held accountable for it. Roger's actions were, if, if you have this huge habit, this bad habit, I'm going to educate you. So he made me read a ton of literature on micromanaging. Um, we talked about how we're going to deal and facilitate that micromanaging issue. And then he said, now pull the trigger. And he says, if you don't want to pull the trigger, then you're still a problem. So it, I like it, him. Yeah, it, it's uh, and and Roger's background is um, a former executive of a very large brewing company uh, in USA and Canada and North America. So he was um, responsible for several thousand people under him. So um, it's a it's a big deal when you get told um, that you're you the problem. The, you're the problem. And, and, and then here's the reason why you're like that problem. You know, you don't understand your people. You don't, did you not just feel what she told you? No, I didn't feel it at all. Well, that's a problem. And I would have never have known. That's why I love Roger asking questions. You know, I talk about the Socratic method a lot because I tell people I love it so much because you can't get mad at me. You might feel like you're getting mad at me, but what you really don't like is your answer to that question. And so I, I didn't say anything. It's just a question. That's one of the things I throw up my hand and I'm like, it's just a question. And people are like, oh, I don't, it's, a, it's, a, it's a trick question. I'm like, well, it's a trick question because you don't know the trick. Once you know the answer, you know the trick. It's no longer a trick question. It sucks when you feel like you're paying money and all you're getting is more questions. Really, you just give me the answer. That's what I'm paying you for. But that's not really, that's not really what it should be about. Socrates also said that... The, the, the real question, the, the thing is that I don't, I don't know anything. 
He's like, I don't know anything. So when you ask questions, you get more information and you learn more. A great, and I love when you talk about consultant versus coach, like consultants are a dime a dozen and no one listens to them because when you're told what to do, it's called, you know, tell intention. People don't want to do what they're, they don't want to be told something. They want to, they want to, they want to be their idea. When it's their idea, they have to own it. And when they own it, they have to do it. They don't have to do it, but like it's your idea, not mine. I think we just broke the code here on something. It just, just hit me as I'm really processing all the things that you're saying. If you're not happy with answering the questions and, and the answers because no one's giving you the answers, is that why the automotive aftermarket, some of the relationships go south, go bad, is because the quick fix answer that the shop owner, former technician is looking for, just just tell me what I got to do. Just tell so me what I got to do. Right? I'm going to push back on Kevin a little bit earlier because we have a varying degree of difference of opinion. And I, I do believe that at some level, having an industry coach is very helpful because they do know the tricks, a lot of the tricks. They know your numbers, they know all that. But after that's done, that gets played, right? It gets so played. You know, I have a coach that I hire and I meet with her three times a month and she has no clue about my business. No, no clue at all. But she has a system. She asked me a ton of questions and I'm no, I'm not, I'm no different than you. I don't like to do the same thing every day either. Um, but she's totally different, but she gets a new vantage point, new questions that I never thought about ever before. And so, yeah, after a while you, you learn, you know, I go to these classes and I, I don't want to disparage anybody's class, but 90% is exactly the same material as the next guy. There's that 10% difference. If you disagree with me, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm good with that. I won't get into that conversation. The, the, the deal is, is when you get new perspective from someone who has done something very new and you get new eyeballs on your business and new questions, you get new answers. So that your happiness is in direct proportion to the quality of the questions that you ask and that are willing to be held accountable. You know, every day um, me and my wife are both training for a marathon and, you know, I got the brown eyed girl to hold me accountable for running. I did not want to get up this morning to do, you know, three mile strides and all that garbage. But I got, she's like, we're getting up. I'm like, okay, let's get up. I'm making the coffee, ready to go. She fell back to sleep. So I went in there and said, hey, we got to go. We both ran our, that's accountability. Like, And then her coach that we hired, a running coach, she has to submit her times. Well, it's either red, yellow, or green. If she, like she did a half marathon in under two, we both did it under two hours the other day. And she had to submit a red because she didn't do the proper warm up. And so this whole 13 miles is in red because she didn't do the mile warm up. That's accountability. And she hates that red. She's like, I'm never going to get a red on there again. Accountability. So Kevin, is it helpful to get an outside perspective after you've learned pretty much what you can learn from the guy who's in the ball game? So a second opinion, so to speak. Well, it's not a second opinion. No, let me, let me sum this up. Carlo has a leadership coach and a business coach. Yep, yep. And that's what I find so unique in what's going on with this conversation is he is being pushed heavily from a leadership perspective. Now, l let me ask you, put you on the spot, Kevin. Sure. Uh, is your strength in, in the financial, the numbers, the running, the process of the business? Or is you, you have as much strength on the leadership side? And are you getting both in, in your relationship? The number side is the weakness side for me. Uh, I know what the numbers need to be. I'm very compassionate and empathetic, and I have a hard time writing the invoices and such that need to exist in order to have a business successfully meet with this overhead. So get off the counter, right? Right. So I'm off the counter. Uh, and I'm working on seeing the value in that. My, my personal strengths are more interpersonal skills. Uh, we build a really strong culture. I've, I've assembled a really good team and I go for, I encourage the guys. I'm very honest with myself about the mistakes that I've made in my past, uh, the failures I've had personally. So when one of my guys has a failure, has a mistake, something doesn't go right, I don't beat him into the ground. It's like, hey, I've been there. I've done that. Let's find the solution. Let's work through this. It's okay. We can succeed with this. We can move forward and get better. So my strengths uh, are more on the emotional support that, that 
teaching and training with the technical stuff, uh, Lisa handles more of the numbers and different things because that's more her area of expertise. I've definitely needed coaching and leadership. Uh, so that's an aspect that I do. And kind of in, in answer to Barry's stuff, we go to Vision, we go to the SGX that World Pack does. We go to a lot of different training events. And oftentimes when I'm in these different training events, I will take other coaches' classes to always sample other opinions and other things out there. And there's, it's kind of like the way a tech fixes a car. There's only a certain number of, of ways you go about approaching a problem within reason. So there's no magic secret sauce that one person has that nobody else has ever heard of or ever right. thought of. But it's nice to see other people's approaches. I noticed certain other coaches have uh, more of emotional connections with people. Uh, there are more feel-good coaches, the more coaches that kind of gently push and guide. There are people that are in the back of the head with a two-by-four if you need it. Um, it all depends on what situation you're in. And people, I can look at a painting, you can look at a painting, we can all look at the same painting and see completely different things. There's different memories in our past that you relate to and associate with that picture or what its message is. You know, you go to MoMA, I've gone to the Museum of Modern Art uh, with the kids down in the city, and I'll look at something on the wall or a sculpture or something. I see something totally different than the other 20 people that are sitting in the room. So all of my life experiences from the past have brought me to a particular position where I have a certain perspective. Um, so it's nice to have other people's insight. Hey, did you see this? Did you notice that? Did you see it from this angle? Don't you like the way the light changes the view on that? So it's cool to see those aspects where people go, hey, I noticed you're really good at that, but have you thought about approaching the situation from this angle? And it's it's nice to see those things. So for me, it's nice to have a coach that sees things in the same way that I do to help me understand. But it's also really nice to get other people's perspectives to make sure I'm seeing the full picture. Yeah. Stand in front of a billboard. The guy that's putting up the billboard, he's on that little plank in front of it, and he sees the billboard like right here. And he sees that cubicle that's right in front of him. But the kid on the sidewalk 100 feet back sees the entire picture, and he knows if the guy's putting up the panels in the right order or not because he gets the large a large perspective on it. Uh, sometimes I'm in too close. I've got my nose up against the billboard and I can't see the giant perspective or picture of the entire billboard. Whereas somebody, my coach, uh, is standing 100 feet back and looks in and goes, okay, that little piece right in front of you, that looks great. But if you see how it plays into the entire picture, that isn't the entire picture that you're wanting to paint or create or be. Um, so what you see in front of you is not the entirety of the whole. Uh, that's where an outside perspective for me comes in really helpful. So let me ask you this, both sure. of you shop owners, do you allow anyone in your organization to hold you the, to accountable to the level you would allow a coach to hold you? Good question. Um, we have weekly meetings. So I'm always open to stuff. And if I, if I'm working with my coach, my coach, or we have an idea on something, and we implement it, the guys would be like, hey, you know, we're not doing this like you said we were going to do it. And I have to sit there and go, you're right. I kind of failed at that. Let's work on going forward with that. So it's not like, hey, this is my meeting. This is my business. And you guys don't matter. Do what I tell you. It's like, all right, here's where we need to go. Am I doing this right? How do you guys yeah. feel about this? Are we seeing the results we need to? That's good. So, so there's, there's accountability within because if I don't have the team on board, and I'm not doing what I say. Why should they believe me? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm the leader. I suck. I don't. I don't. I don't follow through with anything. My words are just hollow and empty. Follow me. People will be like, <laughs> yeah. Same way I look at my coach. If my coach talk, 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 talks, but he hasn't ever done any of this successfully, why would I listen to him? Right. You wouldn't. No, not at all. Carlo, how about you? That's a great answer. Thank you, Kev. You're Working. We're, we're, if it, the question is, is Will can my staff hold me as accountable to as my level. yeah to the level as depending on which coach I'm working on that because my problem that I've had is teaching my staff to be empowered to make those decisions for years I've been the owner this is the way it goes I know best um, but the problem is is I need to empower them. And secondly, I need to understand where my role is when I empower them. So when they push, I need to understand that at the end of the day, they're going to achieve their numerical target goal, but they're also going to achieve the bigger picture vision of my company when I empower them. And that empowerment is what 
I'm working on right now, yeah. i.e. hence I'm home today, is because they have said, you know what, we've got it covered and we'll hit the targets at the end of the week and you need to leave. I love it. By the way, when, when Carlo came on before anyone was here, he, and I said, hi, you must be at home. He goes, yes, it's a practice day. And I loved that. I mean, he's always been so transparent and so honest. He's just, he's been a huge giver to the show. And, and you know, yeah, wow, I'm practicing being at home. I think core values, like everything, I look at everything goes back to core values and the five core, you know, five to seven core values that you can have in your business. And, and one of the big problems is people don't understand their core values. You should be able to list them and then tell a story about each one of those core values. And that drives your culture. Peter F. Peter F. Drucker said, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And so I think about, and I told, I said this on the last podcast, I was with Carmon. I said, my kids literally have every right to call me out on my junk. My 14-year-old boy can say, dad, that's not what parents do. You're not acting the way you're supposed to because sometimes we don't. And so the, uh, the ability for my son to be able to say, that's not what we do. That breaks this core value. And you shouldn't do that. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. My, my apologies. And then moving on, like changes the game. That's empowerment, but they have to know what to be empowered to. And that core values is where we start, right? You also need to be able to understand that if they want to make a decision, if they challenge you, it's wrong. You also need to learn how to stay quiet and let them go through those motions because they're going to learn a real big learning lesson themselves, even though you know you're right, but you got to start the game that way. Yeah, if they go back to that core value and they state the core value that you're breaking, like what do you what do you say to that? Yeah. Um, okay, you're saying Carlos that if if they even if they're wrong, like let them go, right? I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Like mistakes are you know experience is the name we give to our mistakes. Mm-hmm. Let them make the mistake. Hey guys, this really. It went places I didn't expect. I really think we nailed the, the issue about the value of an accountability coach. We, we talked about should we or shouldn't we and what we do know and what we don't know. So I really think we nailed it, uh, which is always what we try to do each and every Friday here on the Town Hall Academy. Let's go around the room. Any final words or comments? Kevin, I'll give you your last word. Just from my own personal experience, I, I'm really good at what I'm really good at. And I just had to admit that I'm not good at, you know, I had to admit my weaknesses. I had to identify them. I had to be really honest with myself and search inside and go, all right, I, I'm really good in this aspect, but here, here, and here, I'm really not. So I had to take all of my authority issues and my not liking anyone to tell me what to do. And I had to put that on the shelf and say, all right, doing this correctly is more important than being proud. Uh, the end result that I'm going to gain from listening to somebody that knows more is of more value to my family than me saying, no, I got this. So having someone to submit my will to, as, as you could say, was for the better good. It was for the bigger picture. And it took a while for me to get to that point where I admitted that. And I have seen nothing but successes. This past 12 days away, taking my kids on a, a cruise and, and trip through Europe that I never would have been able to do. I was just having to make payroll every week years ago. We, we made payroll. We got it. That only holds so much value. But going back to the common topic, August, my daughter starts college. Um, it's college time. I'm going to write the check for tuition. Um, nice. Yeah. It, it, I'm so proud of her and watching her grow up. And some of what I've taught my kids is to learn to admit your mistakes. Look inside yourself. Learn to admit your mistakes. If you can't admit your faults, you're going to forever bang your head against the wall or do it wrong without realizing the better ways. So... Having a coach for me, one that I can respect, one that I can honor, uh, having somebody to answer to. Yeah, I'll take care of that. All right, did you take care of that? Uh, crap, no, I didn't. Okay, so let's get it done. And uh, letting you proceed from step one, three, and seven to 19 to back to 11. No, let's follow this in order. Here's a structured plan of how we're going to get there. How are you doing on your plan? My kids need structure. I need structure in my life. My employees need structure. Um, so learning that I didn't, have that uh, and learning how to develop that and be given tools to develop that because you can't just tell me how to do it you have to teach me how to do it good teaching me helps me teach those around because i can say this is successful for me let's try it like this Uh, it has brought about a change in culture a change in my personal life and i think it's made my my team's life better 
they're not just employees. They're part of my family. They're my work family. Uh, we celebrate all of our victories together. Appreciate it. Wow. Good stuff. Barry? One is, man, I would work for either Kevin or Carlo as an employee. I just listen to them. I'm like, man, I'd be happy to work in your shop. So that's how I judge a lot of people. If I'm like, oh, would I work for them? Absolutely. You guys are fantastic. Thank you. It's, a given. it's a given I would work for Carm Gabriato. And also, you guys have the right coach. I mean, I'd stay with them. Like, that's awesome. You know, when you find the coaches that, that, that fit you, that's awesome. I love my coach and uh, the reason, and I have seven people that hold me accountable. I don't pay them all. There's seven parts of my life. I have an accountability partner in all seven. And I would honestly tell people, break your life down into your belief system, your mind, your health, your career, your money, those types of things. And then find someone that holds you accountable for those that calls you out on your crap that has an open book to all of that. It says, I can look right into your life and see if you're being who you said you are. Um, you're not who you, you're not who, you're not what you say, you're what you do, right? Knowledge not being the power, but knowledge paired with execution is really where the power is. And I think that's where a coach fits in. They make sure that you're executing on all your promises and they don't let you have excuses because excuses are the crutches of the uncommitted. And so that's all I have. Loved it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Carlo, you have the last word. I guess when it comes to accountability, I think it comes down to two parts. One, make sure you do your homework on picking the right coach and which section of your company needs that coaching. Is it more the intellectual side, the numbers, the systems, the processes, or is that down packed and you've done the, the whirlwind of coaches already and you need someone that's outside our industry that will coach you on um, your emotional intelligence. And then to coaches, they need to be held accountable because they need to see, are they the right fit for the client? And truly, are they an intellectual coach or are they a, 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 an emotional leadership type coach? And once you have a good fit between the two of them, accountability just happens because you're willing to do it, not because you're forced to do it. But if you feel like you're always being forced to achieve something or pushed to do something then it's not a two-way street. And it uh, that's where people will start pointing the fingers at each other saying, well, I'm not doing this and it's not working. There's a problem. There's not a good match. So I think uh, accountability comes down to both parties um, looking themselves in the mirror and, and achieving what uh, what the goal is. Fantastic. Fabulous. Great wisdom. Uh, another, another home run. Carlo Sabuco, Kevin Eckler, Barry Barrett. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.